What's up? Hear the Herd on 101.5 UMFM. Haven't heard that track in a while. It's good to be back. We got a full house today in the 101.5 UMFM studios. My name is Neil Noonan, and alongside me from the Manitoban, thank you for holding down the fort last week. Jason Payjack, how are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? It's good to have you back. Yes, it's good to be back. Uh, 2020. 2020. We'll get into it for sure. I definitely want to get into your Manitoban piece as well that uh, that dropped over the break. As well in studio, it's uh, the Bison staff writer, Michael Still. What what a do, Neil. Good to see you. Good to see you, Jason. Full house in here. Really excited for another great show. Ringing in 2020 the right way with plenty of talk about the Manitoba Bisons. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. We've, all, we've already had two weeks of uh, Bison games so far, and it's crazy how we're already talking about playoffs and the end of the season oh. and stuff like that. Uh, the second half of the season, I would say the first half of the season goes by really fast. The second half goes by in a blink. Oh. It's like it's a, it's just a sprint to the finish, really. It's it's and all the games matter so much more oh, yeah. in the second half. Like, granted, we have football and soccer in the first half of the year, so that just like runs by you real quick. But yeah, it's just this rush to the end of the year and teams trying to make a fight for the playoffs. It just it it's crazy. Without a doubt. Uh, I want to start at uh, with a team that uh, we all watched uh, this weekend, uh, the women's hockey getting the split with a uh, number six ranked in the country, Calgary Dinos. I'm going to leave the floor open to you gentlemen, but it was definitely a fun weekend and uh, that Saturday team that came out uh, looks completely different. Yes. Jason, let's start with you. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of it was night and day between the two. It was kind of like the Amanda Schubert show on Friday. Uh, we got to talk to her at the end of the game, and and you know it, she was happy with the way things went defensively for the Bisons. They were doing a good job blocking shots and and trying to create zone exits. But it was just at the other end of the ice where they were struggling getting those shots on net and just kind of crashing to the net, creating trouble for Durant in front. And when you what you saw on Saturday is they they capitalized on that. Like she was uncomfortable. The entire game, there's always somebody in front of her. Lauren Warkinton was getting down low, just giving her, giving her a, a couple whacks here and there, just like trying to knock Durant off her game. And that's really what this team needs to do right now to be successful. You know, you don't have the shooters like you used to have, and and John's talked about this before. Like they don't, they can't score at will like they used to. So you need to battle and scrap and force kind of forced the puck across the line in a lot of in a lot of cases so they really they did that successfully uh you had great veteran presence all weekend but yeah saturday was just night and day a way better game and on top of that too another thing john mentioned jordy zacharias team captain points in five of her last six games uh coming back she had a bit of an injury uh sort of leading into the season but she looks in rare form mm-hmm. now and you know jason you mentioned it uh this defense is a veteran group obviously with megan aduzag janae buchanan you talk about lauren Morkinton, brielle daquay Naveau. Mm-hmm. uh just among that core group they've been through those two nationals experiences and won the national championship, and obviously Amanda Schubert, sixth year, uh, and Fargs. Aaron Fargs yeah. played really, really well. Obviously, got the win in the second game, and has been locked down as well for us. So the D's been great, and the goaltending has been tremendous. And yeah, like you mentioned, Jason, we just haven't been able to find the back of the net as much. Mm-hmm. But with with Jordy sort of yeah finding her groove again, and I thought she played really well with Michaela Fisher. They've got she that did. that good chemistry going there, and all four lines. Personally, Jason, I felt yeah. like we're rolling. Like we were getting a lot of good opportunities. The St. Mary's line. 
line has played really well for us, I've found, this year. Uh, haven't necessarily scored as much as they want, but they're getting a lot of good chances. And I felt like they were the energy line for us on Saturday, mm-hmm. too. They they pushed the pace a little bit. They got some shots, like you said, made uh, Durant uncomfortable. Uh, and yeah, and, and we capitalized. I felt like Manitoba had a really strong first and first and third. Second, a bit of a lull, but all things considered, against again, mm-hmm. against the number six ranked team in the nation, no complaints at mm-hmm. all. One of the best games as I'd say we've played so far this year. Yeah, that St. Mary's line, like in the next couple of years, that because has the potential to be the best line in the country. Just the way that those three work together, they know each other, they've all the experience in the world together, the chemistry that they've got, and just the diversity of skills on that on that line. And it, they're great at both ends of the ice. You know, Katie Tuchirbach spent most of her time last year killing penalties in the defensive, you know, on defensive zone draws and and kind of working that side of her game so uh, seeing her allowed to to open up more offensively and drive play you know her and you mentioned Michaela Fisher who's now with with Jordy like those two can drive play so well and it, that it's just understated in the fact that they can do it and also Kate Gregoire who's also on that line she drives play so well just like watching those three come together like that We've expected it. We we knew coming into this year that they were going to be good and they were going to have chemistry. But finally, seeing them start to click, like it's they're almost going to be able to just fire at will soon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned just there, uh, like Katie, for example, getting experience as a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Charmy Alana Sharma being injured was a factor in that, yeah. but it was really critical for her to see Ice Time gain some confidence. And John mentioned it post game too, is that he's felt that Katie Chatierbach is the one that sort of made the most development mm-hmm. from her rookie season to now, and and it's really showing. And yeah, man, that St. Mary's line, yeah. look out in a couple of years, they're going to be absolute nightmares to deal with. I'll be the first one to say that I'm not much of a hockey guy, but I could actually see the big difference yeah. between them coming out on Friday night and then Saturday afternoon. They were buzzing yeah. in that offensive zone in the first period. They look like a completely different team, and I'm so glad they escaped with the win uh, because our conversation would obviously be a little bit different. But again, Jordy coming into the clutch, had a slow start to the season, but uh, getting that goal for him, for her, pardon me, so special, I feel like. Uh, it was a great goal. Uh, they scored, I think, within, what, 10, 15 seconds of that yep. penalty mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, super happy uh, for them. And then Fargy, I thought, played uh, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have uh, two goaltenders uh, for yeah. Rempel to go back and forth to, eh? Absolutely. Um, I mean, those two have just been tremendous. I mean, Farg's, she just, and it's the same thing with Shuby, and it was the same thing when we had LT, Lauren Terrace-Chuck. They, they just don't get phased. Like, you know, like they're just calm under pressure. They're just mellow mm-hmm. and... And they just, you know, good net presence. They're not, none of them are really moving around all that much in net. Very firm and, and just reading the puck with their eyes and doing a good job that way. So that's awesome. I want to give a shout out to, to Sean Fisher, the assistant coach for, or one of the assistant coaches for the team. He drew up an excellent uh, design on that power play goal there, getting the puck down low to Jordy. Drives in on an excellent screen as well that was set uh, by Michaela. So uh, shout out to Sean too. He does yeah. a lot of the little things really well and has been a big asset for John over the last number of years and sort of reducing his stresses a little bit. And shout out to Ven Lahovi too, yeah. getting it done as another assistant coach. So, yeah, nothing but praise for those girls. They worked their butts off. And John also said that, you know, well, I, I overheard him say in his office that the, the effort has been there. You know, despite the record, mm-hmm. the effort's been there all season. They just haven't been able to score. But he hasn't been upset by their effort, and he hasn't been upset by the morale and, and everything that the team's brought to the table. It's a good group of ladies, and they're just going to get better. Yeah. So. I don't think you can even be upset with this team. You know, where they are in in terms of the development, 
they're staying in games. You know, it's not like they're getting blown out every single game they go out there. They're just like, you know, when we talked to Danielle Goyette, just like, you know, even Calgary was struggling. Like they're winning games by a goal, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult to win in Canada West, and the fact that. You know the Bisons are so close, night in and night out. They're never really getting blown out in terms of the, the scoreboard. It's just that you know generating that offense has been the difficulty for them all year, and and finally starting to kind of see them start picking that up. Having Jordy back to one hundred percent is definitely going to help. And yeah, it's just this team. It's like they're still there. They're still there. That's a great way to put it. That is tremendous. Let's stick on the ice now with the team you know really, really well, uh, Jason. I know we weren't able to watch all 60 minutes of this, uh, both of these games, but men's hockey also getting the split against Calgary and staying right in the thick of things in Canada West, uh, really fighting uh, with Mount Royal to get the, that top four seed. But all uh, top six make the playoffs kind of thing. They're sitting there at 9-10-1. Uh, Colton Veloso, a huge weekend, yep. uh, getting three goals. Uh, the two only goals in their 2-1 win on the Saturday. I'm not sure how much you got to see about it, Jason, but <laughs> we talk about this a lot with this team. You just never know what you're going to get, and that's exactly. kind of a positive <laughs> thing coming into this year, right? Yeah, you know, the expectation were not I'm gonna say the expectations were not great coming in this year after what happened last year but this team is just you know you don't know what you're gonna get night in and night out but you know that it's gonna it's gonna be fun and really Colton has come in and he has become kind of really just I think of him in the same way that I used to think of Brett Stoven where like they but they just play such a different game. You know, Brett was this two-way forward, great on draws. He had the physical edge to his game, but he he was a little bit more mobile, whereas in more tactical. Whereas Colton's much, he's stronger. He's more physical. He gets in the dirty areas, and he's not afraid to like go into the corners and fish out a puck or crash the front of the net and take a take a few hits. Like he's. But they're still like they're that leader, that energy player that you need on a team like that. A leader that can really push play, that can can be the the example that you need. Obviously, they have they have Adam Henry who's there, the veteran presence that he brings, and Sean Christensen being that top pair that they've been for so long. It's great, but you you have guys coming in like Colton who's joining this team, Riley Lamb back in net. Like you've got you've got guys that are coming in that are just great character guys, but also bring so much to the table on the ice. And I've been waiting for Colton to kind of like break out and start putting the puck in the back of the net and really getting comfortable and really kind of getting his flow going. And you're really starting to see it. You know, it's, it hasn't shown up on the scoreboard as much. Obviously, it did this past weekend, but really, he's done so well. And it was came at the perfect time, really. You're playing against a, a hot Dinos team, you're coming in. You're earning quality points. You're kind of make. You're extending that gap um, and trying to cl- close space on Mount Royal and trying to take away a, a home playoff berth. I think getting making that space between them and Regina is going to be big yeah. too, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to be that six seed going up against Alberta too. You don't want to be in that spot, so to speak, right? But uh, Michael, throw it to you. Men's hockey. Yeah, so a couple of things. I mean, first of all, you look at the schedule, which is a, a positive for us going forward. I mean, we have a couple of tough series towards the end of the season, uh, but we've got UBC and Regina in the next couple, which we, like, I'll be honest here, like, if we want to get a top four seed, we need to sweep, 
ideally both of those series, mm-hmm. and we should be able to. Now, Jason, you mentioned it already. Canada West is the toughest conference. There's no, there's no doubt. I don't even have to think about it. Um, so no game is easy, and Regina always plays as hard, and obviously so does UBC. So those will be uh, tough games regardless, but uh, important for us to get. Um, you know, it's great we're talking about Colton because I've been in an interview with him this afternoon, so it's the perfect subject of great discussion. Great timing. Go. <laughs> no doubt. Um, now, did you schedule that interview after this weekend or before? <laughs> I scheduled it after this okay, weekend. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, he was on my list anyway. Mike gives me kind of a list of guys, you right. know, before the season. Three goals helps. Yeah, three goals will certainly help. It's uh, perfect timing, no doubt. But, uh, I mean, shout out to Colton. He's had a very long and patient career. I mean, he uh, there was one season where he played on three different teams. He was playing midget AAA. He played Steinbeck Pistons, MJHL. And then he also played in the WHL that season uh, as well. And he's kind of gone uh, gone through things. He, he was with... Um Portland for a couple of years. Uh, then he got traded to the Kootenai Ice for a season. He had a really good season there with Kootenai. Uh, then he was with the Jacksonville Iceman playing pro and then obviously came to the Bisons for the back half of last season and did really good stuff for us uh, towards that to the, towards that end with seven points in his last 12 and then obviously now um, getting into a leadership role and understanding the flow and what Mike expects. Um, so it's been really good to see that, especially you know, you, great segue, great comparison with, with Brett Stove in there. You, there's a lot of comparisons mm-hmm. in their games and he's been our perfect fit in that regard and and it's going to be really exciting to see what this team does down the stretch you mentioned the shutdown deep pairing there with Henry and Christensen goaltending I mean we talk about it all the time I mean any goalie we put in there, it seems like, has been able to to maintain that consistency for the Bisons. Um, now it's just going to be about, again, putting together a full weekend sweep, full 60 minutes of hockey for two consecutive games. It's been something we talk about a lot with the men's hockey team is just, yeah, again, consistency. And, and um, you know, a sweep would be huge just for confidence, uh, but also just, you know, for this team to really just believe and buy into to the fact that, you know, they, they can be a, a, a contender in this conference. And a home playoff game would be huge. I know that the team wants some redemption after two seasons ago when they were upset uh, with the home playoff game. Um, so this is the perfect time to do it. And, and you know, yeah, crunch time at this point. Uh, excited to see what happens. Just imagine going into Mount Royal and sweeping them and just getting that, that monkey off the back, getting that redemption. It would feel so sweet. That it would, Jason. That it would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting that home playoff game uh, would be huge for this team. Uh, absolutely. Uh, let's go to the court sports now where... Uh, the volleyball teams, kind of same story with uh, with both teams. Uh, the women's volleyball team, again, super young, 10 rookies on the team, right? Uh, they're really building for the future. But uh, men's volleyball, them uh, getting the split uh, out west as well. They're coming home this weekend. We have a huge weekend <laughs> here at home. Uh, yes, super Saturday. It's Pride Day as well. It's the only day this entire season that we have all four courts uh, court teams playing on the same day as well as women's hockey it's going to be fun it's going to be crazy it's uh it's going to be a really good time in uh, investors group specifically having four games back <laughs> to back to back to back but uh let's stick with volleyball uh the men's team staying at 500 seven and seven after the weekend again right in the thick of things in canada west mike let's start with you uh uh this time uh you've uh, you've definitely dove deep into this team uh, so far this year talking to a lot of them prepping for nationals that's coming up march 13th to 15th here at uh, the u of m uh but uh last few weeks of the season for uh, for this team uh really trying to get their grips here uh in the canada west standings how are you feeling about the squad right now yeah i mean a <clears throat> couple of things i mean obviously for those that are unaware the 
Bisons have been playing all season without the best blocker in the conference, very Brendan true. Warren. And very important to remember, they're 7-7 seven and seven right now, and that's absolutely tremendous considering the fact that you have a game-changer in the middle who hasn't played a single game with a shoulder injury. Uh, you got Darian Koski, a rookie, coming in at middle and playing admirably. There's been times where, you know, he's looked like a rookie, but there's been other times when he's, especially on the attack, you know, he's a very efficient player on the attack, doesn't have a lot of errors. He's a strong server as well, so he can do a couple of different things really well in his game. The big man from Brisbane, though, Ben Carlton. <laughs> man, I tell you, that guy is so much fun to watch. I caught up with him a little bit yesterday. Uh, article, article dropping this week on the big man. Um, just tremendous. This summer, he spent with the U23 uh, Australian men's team. They went to the Asian Championships, uh, fell in the quarterfinals. But great experience for Ben, uh, considering how young he is to be on a U23 squad. Very impressive that way. Uh, and he came in, and he's played middle and left side for us this season. He played middle, which is a position he played most of his career uh, before he came to the U of M. Slid in there with uh, Zach Jansen being injured as well and, and sort of some stuff going on uh, a couple weekends ago against Calgary, then was playing middle against Thompson Rivers last week and then shifted to the left side. And goodness gracious me, he had 18 kills against Thompson Rivers in one game. 21 and a half points. That's a career high for that Brisbane native. Uh, and the, the big thing that he told me that's really been affecting his game in a positive manner is his relationship with the team, but specifically setter Jack Mandrick. I mean, Jack Mandrick, for anybody that's watched, this man is like, I mean, it says 5'10", I think, on the roster sheet. I got to be honest with you. He looks closer to 5'9". To me, when he's around big giants like <laughs> yeah. Ben, right? Yeah, <laughs> but he has got one heck of a vertical leap, and he's an amazing passer. You know, him and Owen Schwartz have great chemistry. Just a left side, Owen Schwartz, widely regarded as the most intelligent player on the team, just because they played together a whole career. They were both at Lord Selkirk, but now that he's got that going with Ben, and they've got a little bit more of that communication, um, you're really seeing it. Um, and Ben mentioned that one of the big reasons why his uh, performance has improved so much in the second half of the year uh, is because uh, Scott Koski has been helping out. Uh, now, for those that don't know, Scott Koski was a two-time national champion with the Bisons as a setter. Uh, he was also a 13-year veteran of Team Canada, six years as captain for the national team, um, and w- widely regarded as one of the best setters that the, the, the country's produ- or, or we've produced uh, here at the U of M. And he's been helping out. He's also involved with the provincial team, high performance level. So he's had his iPad out. Uh, he's been there all year, but he's really been active in the second half of the season with his iPad doing video analytics, helping Ben out, uh, and all, really, specifically obviously helping Jack out the setter with reading things. So um, that was something Ben mentioned has been really big for this team is having a guy like Scott Koski come in and, and provide that little bit of uh, of tweaking and, and, uh, and, and, and analysis for the team. Uh, he was an assistant coach back uh, a little while ago with Garth. Uh, so it's nice to see him now coming in and helping out more as we get closer to Nationals and really getting, yeah, all the alumni and community a bit more involved. It's great to see so um, I'm really, really excited about what happens towards the second half of the year with the way that Ben has played because he can change games. I mean, his size, his athleticism, he can absolutely change games. He's a good server as well. Um, and all things considered, I mean, we've widely, like over the years, the Bisons have been known as as one of the best blocking teams uh, in the conference, which is not surprising when you have Garth Pitchkey as your head coach, who who is the best middle blocker in, you know, Ever, really. Say it, yes. <laughs> He's the yes. best middle blocker ever. Uh, so when you have a guy like that coaching uh, coaching the team and really reading things and helping you with your hand positioning and, and, and just being able to be in the right places and tweak your game a bit, you're obviously going to get better. And now that the attack is improved, I mean, these guys are going to be uh, a team that could uh, make a run for it and, and, and put some upsets in down the board. And once we get to nationals and the team is at home and they're in that rhythm, I feel like 
you know, anything can happen. Really excited. Without a doubt, especially with, with the health coming into play, right? Uh, no timelines really that we're aware of as far as both... Uh, uh, Zach and Brendan, but uh, we'll see two huge cogs uh, in this team for sure. Uh, Jason, I know you wrote about them when uh, they were playing Calgary, got in that split um, last weekend. Uh, what are you seeing from them with a big matchup against UBC, who's 11-3 and uh, coming in this weekend? Obviously, it's going to be really difficult. Like These are the, the types of series where you really start to see what a team is. Um, I mean, when you're, you're playing, <laughs> you know, 11-3 is, is not... It, that is not something to take lightly, uh, but it's also not a, a weekend where you're you're saying like, all right, we're just going to throw this one away. This is a learning experience for this team, and really, I've talked about I talk about it all the time with the NHL. It's like the teams that have to scrap and fight for every win and don't give up. Those are the teams you have to worry about, and that's what the Bisons are. Like they've been in a fight every single series, even the series that they've swept. They're coming in and. They have to leave it all out on the court. They're working together. They're kind of just bleeding for this team. And that type of effort and that type of solidarity really carries you through when you get to the playoffs. Because you're facing teams that, especially in, in U-Sport, when you get to the national championship level, like teams that haven't really lost a game all year. You know, you've got teams like Trinity Western who just walk to the national championship. Yes, very and true. And they don't really face as much adversity. You know, all credit to them, they're... A brilliant program and they have incredibly talented players on those teams but a team like the Bisons is the team that you have to be scared of because they're coming in they know that this matchup is coming they know that this tournament is coming so they're preparing for it and they're going out there and fighting they're using every single game as a test and you know from what I've seen like this team is they're clicking they're coming together obviously last year was was pretty difficult for them Coming into this year, you know, the team's older. Once Brendan comes back, like it, it's everything's kind of coming together in a way where, as Mike said, like you're looking at potential upsets here, and it, it's just exciting to see. Yeah, and uh, for for the listeners right now, Mike did have the ball to to go interview Colton. So if yeah. you don't hear his voice for the next five minutes or so, that is why we're not just ignoring him. But that's super well said, Jason. I mean. Uh, I'm really fortunate to spend a lot of time with uh, with these mm-hmm. teams, uh, usually with camera in hand. However, watching them practice and just hearing them talk to one another, it's they, they kind of really resemble a really big family, right? Yeah. And you can't say that with all teams, not just Bison teams, but sports teams in general, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's there's usually a dozen or so players, plus depending on what kind of sport you're talking about. But when you have a team that's really gelling both on and off the court. You said it so perfectly there. They're the team that you got to be scared of, and they're the team that no one's going to want to see come yeah. Canada West playoffs. And then even they got their bid already. We're hosting nationals. They will be there regardless yeah. of where they end up, and they know that. And uh, I think it's a it's a big uh, positive thing for uh, Pishke as well because his coaching style, I mean, 39 years in the business, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he's done and seen it all. And for him to come and coach this team the way he has and keeping things light, regardless of saying getting swept over a weekend, if it's Trinity or something like that, right? Yeah. They're coming to practice on Monday, like, okay, we're building for the next weekend, right? We are building for March 13th to 15th, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a really tough mindset to get across as a coach. And uh, the fact that he's done that just by reading their body language hearing to them talk to each other and then how they perform on the court yeah it's really exciting to have a team like that 
going into nationals on their home floor. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the great thing about Garth is that he's he's a people person, right? He he knows how to read people. He knows how to how to talk to people and how to how to really motivate people. You've got the the two the two sides that you really need. He's got the experience. He's one of the best players this country has ever seen so you know he's got the expertise and you know you know when he talks that he knows what he's talking about and then on the other side you feel like you're being heard and you feel like he cares and he does a great job of kind of building that camaraderie he's the type of coach that you go through a wall for right he motivates you not out of fear but out of respect and you know he's he's got the expertise but he's also got the people skills to take this team to the next level and and it, we'll talk about it when we talk about the, the basketball, uh, basketball teams. But a couple of years ago, when I looked at the women's hockey team when they won that national championship, you, you hang around a team like that and you see how they talk to each other. You, you see how they prepare. You just feel the energy in the room. You're like, this team's going to win. And this feels like a team that can win. Speaking of a team that could win, um, I mean, both of our basketball teams coming home with, with sweeps uh, mm-hmm. this weekend uh, out against... Uh, Pardon me, choking on my own spit there, the Mount Royal Cougars. But this men's basketball team, um, if we have a team that's special this year, it's it's this Definitely. group, right? Uh, they have an incredible core. Uh, Coach uh, Kirby Shep has done a phenomenal job. And this is not to discredit the women's basketball team, but uh, when we're talking about the Canada West Championships and maybe getting one of those top seeds, it really depends on uh, ROI, which is, which is tough, which yep. is tough in Canada West, right? But... Man, this team is so much fun to watch. Uh, they're really, really clicking right behind Rashawn Brown, and Zewa is having a phenomenal year. I mean, you just go down that list. They got five guys coming off the bench every game playing yeah. super, super well. Yeah, it's just it's it's amazing to see, right? Because you with basketball, a lot of people kind of expect like, okay, your starters are going to go out there and they're going to play most of the game because like that's how it happens in the NBA. But like this team. It almost feels like a hockey team in a lot of ways, where you're just <laughs> they like, run deep. You're just rolling guys out there, and you know people are coming in, and that really throws off the opposition because you, you kind of you're in you're in your groove, you're playing you know thirty minutes a night, and you're you're going out there, and then suddenly there's a different guy in front of you. They're running a different system. You know, they're they've got you know half of half the guys that were on the court are now off the court, and you've got new new guys that you haven't seen before that are working together in a completely different way because the the whole structure of the way that they play is different, and that really throws you off and that it's really beneficial and i I really would hope that n b a teams would kind of lean into this a little bit more because it's one of the things that they can take from like soccer and hockey where just the ability to change players and have that completely change the the strategy is so good because it really throws you off because you can't get ready for that and with this team like they can do that because all the guys out there will shoot the lights out they will take it to the rim they defend like crazy like this is just this team it's it's hard to put into words because it's like it's a complete team there's so much fun to watch and uh just going off of what you said yeah the difference between say a Rashawn brown run offense right and then when he goes to the bench Having Zewa step up the mm-hmm. way he has this year has completely changed the dynamic of this team because you basically have a 1A, 1B point guard yeah. that could run the entire offense. And then you got a point forward, so to speak, in James Wagner, right? That can t- basically uh, put in damage from yeah. so many different spots on the floor, right? But like watching Kieran last year, I was like, why is this guy not playing more? Right. Because he's just unreal and I want to see more of him, but you know, obviously it didn't work. But now he's getting the opportunity to play a lot more and it's... It's showing that like this team is deep, and they can go on a, 
a pretty deep run if they want to. Right. Uh, yeah, they're right at the top of Canada West standings with uh, Calgary and Alberta. A great spot to be when it comes yep. to basketball in Canada West, uh, right there at 11 and 1. And uh, I mentioned uh, the, just the, how the playoff structure works. It does come in the strength of schedule. So, uh, And they do have uh, an objectively weaker schedule than some of the other teams. So it will mm-hmm. be interesting coming down the stretch. Uh, the women's basketball team as well, uh, Coach Michelle Song having them play super, super well, getting the sweep, uh, starting 4-0 and in 2020, yep. which is really, really big for this team. Uh, Taylor Randall had a phenomenal weekend. Uh, Emma Thompson as well. Uh, I really like this team. Lauren Bartlett has been just such a spark plug for yeah. them. But uh, they're gaining momentum at the right time. Exactly. You you want to come in after the break because you know you have to shake off that rust real quick. And they did it. Like it's just like all right, here we're going. And it was a bit of a, a struggle a bit in the first half. But they've really started to click and really started to come together. I feel like this team lives and dies by Taylor Randall. And if she plays a great game, they're going to win. Because she can drop 30 points like it's nothing. And, you know, you can't really say that about a lot of players in the conference right now. Like, she just takes over games and she can... It it doesn't matter what type of defense you throw at her. She's still... Still going to put up points. Still going to put up numbers. And then Lauren Bartlett's just been absolutely great filling in and coming in and being that depth option. Like it's the team is starting to trend in the right direction. It was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of speed wobbles at the start of the year, but right now it's just like they're going to start making up space in the conference in the standings and look out because the Bison's are coming. Yeah, without a doubt, right there. Again, I keep saying this, but a lot of our teams really are right in the thick of things. Uh, Manitoba right in the middle there at 7-5, and five, uh, staying over 500. And uh, they also have an objectively weaker schedule going down the stretch. So getting into the playoffs, maybe getting the right matchup, making some noise, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when this team's clicking and uh, the rotations that Sung has kind of fallen into with this team, uh, there are a lot to fun to watch. We're going to watch them against the Huskies uh, this weekend, playing the odd Sunday games actually so saturday and sunday they're playing both 12 and 2 the men's and women's basketball team against the huskies man it's it's such a big weekend i'm going to try and rattle this off as quick as possible as we head out of here the ubc thunderbirds coming in for both volleyball and women's hockey so they're gonna we're gonna see a lot of ubc this weekend uh six and eight for volleyball uh very similar on the saturday night and then women's hockey as always 7 p.m at uh, friday night and then uh, 2 p.m after afternoon on the Saturday. It's also Pride Day. We're going to be celebrating all Saturday. So lots going on here at the U of M campus. Jason, it was nice to be back, man. Thank 2020. You. Yeah. Ringing in the decade. new year here uh, with the Bisons. Uh, we'll hope to see you out at some of the Bison games this weekend. But thank you for tuning in here on 101.5 UMFM. We'll talk to you next week.